Hi, unconventional hustlers. This is Reiki. And this is ASG. We strive to introduce young people to the professional world through conversations with industry gurus. Today, we have Allison Chilber with us. Allison is an audit partner at Ernst & Young and has worked in the accounting industry for around 16 years. Accounting is the backbone of the business world. There is a lot of misunderstanding about what accounting really is. So we have invited Allison to give us some insight on what it's like to work in accounting. So let's get it started. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Why don't we start off by telling everyone a little bit about your background? Where did you grow up? What was your major? Did you ever see yourself in the position today? Yeah, so I am from New Jersey, a Jersey girl. Um, I went to college at Penn State University, and I majored in accounting. Um, I also majored in French. Um, I studied abroad in Paris and just really enjoyed the language and decided to add it to the major. Um, I always enjoyed my accounting classes. I got involved with Beta Alpha Psi and did a mock interview with an EY partner and really got along with him and attended a social event that evening, met some more EY people. I felt like I just really connected with them and I was enjoying my accounting classes. So I think, you know, as a sophomore, I already kind of knew that accounting is what I wanted to focus on. And I was brought into the EY family pretty early. And I, I joke that I, I, I didn't even interview with the other firms. I kind of just went gung-ho, um, did an internship, um, and then accepted the full-time position. Um, so I did start out in our New York office. Uh, so I interned in our New York office, spent about seven years in Manhattan working with media and entertainment clients. And then I did a three-year rotation in London um, kind of a non-client serving role. And then I came over here to LA about six years ago. Um, and it's 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 been great. I'm back serving clients, primarily media and entertainment again. And did I always know I would be sitting here as a partner? <laughs> Definitely not. Um, I always reassessed at each stage in my career, um, each kind of promotion year, I would say, you know, do I like what I'm doing? Do I want to change? And I always, you know, did the pivots when I felt necessary, like when I moved to London, just to do something different. So I, I just kind of took my career in, in phases and in stages. And and then, you know, as I kept progressing, I realized that, you know, being a partner is something that I did want to pursue. And I had some great mentors that helped me get to where I am today. That's amazing. And to be honest, I'm not very familiar with accounting. So can you tell us, a little bit more what accounting is and is it just foreign bookkeeping? <laughs> so a lot of people hear debits and credits and they <laughs> on the surface think eek boring bookkeeping but you know while there is debits and credits involved in an audit profession that's definitely not what we're all you know it's not it's not the end all be all and so we are really there i mean at the end of the day to deliver an audit opinion to our clients so that they can in turn um give assurance to, to the capital markets, you know, get, get debt, get um, equity financing. Um, sometimes there's regulatory requirements. So they really need um, the audit report and, and with their financial statements to really instill the confidence in their investors and in those providing financing. So we're really providing a, you know, we're, we're an important factor in the, in the capital markets. And, 
you know, so so yes, there are debits and credits involved in what we do because we do look at our, obviously we audit the client's financial statements. So we really understand, you know, how are they recording revenue, making sure it's recorded in accordance with the accounting standards. So you do have to have that kind of base foundation knowledge, obviously, of accounting. Um, but we're really, again, it's kind of seeing big picture. What are we ultimately trying to deliver? And we're really trying to you know, help our clients. We do that by working in teams. So another thing that I think people think of maybe about bookkeeping and they think about that accountant, you know, sitting in an office, you know, crunching numbers and really with the audit profession, we're working together in a team. So you have the entry level staff up through partner, all kind of working towards this one goal of getting the audit done. And there's great camaraderie. There's, you know, always smart people in the room. You're exposed to great conversation. And so I think that's that's a great environment for our younger people and, and as a partner, just to be able to build those relationships and, and work in a team. I, I find that very motivating and, and inspiring. So I know you work in the public accounting industry. Can you tell us a little bit more about what is public accounting exactly? And how is it different from just being in a accounting department in a company? And what are the different things you can do within public accounting? Yeah, so I mean, as I mentioned, with public accounting, we're, again, kind of issuing that audit opinion on the company's financial statements. And that means that we're not just focused on one client, but we're able to serve a number of different clients. And so I think folks that are working in the accounting department of a particular company, um, that can be a great and a different experience, but you're you're focused on a, a single company at that time. And so I think what's unique about the audit profession is that you're able to apply accounting and your knowledge of accounting to multiple different clients across multiple different industries. So you can really build up an industry expertise. Like I said, I, I've been serving media and entertainment clients now for about 15, 16 years. So you really start to understand, you know, the operations, what they do. And so you can really credentialize yourself. Um, so I think that that is a, a, a nice perk of the audit profession is that you are, like I said, serving all these clients across different industries and that are either early growth stage or they're big established companies. So you really have a great exposure to, to a variety of things. I was also wondering, when you first started your career, did you face any challenges with establishing authority? And how did these experiences help you build your character? Yeah, I mean, I would say, I don't have any examples per se in with a, a, ha, struggling to establish authority, but I will say that early on in my career, I definitely had my head down and I was, you know, just kind of focused on getting the work done. And I feel like it was like five or six years like flew by and I, I was kind of just, I wasn't really looking big picture at my career. And I don't know if it was because I didn't feel like I had the authority to really take over my career, but I, I just wasn't, I kind of fell into a rut at that point. And I kind of picked up my head and said, well, what, you know, what do I really want to accomplish here? And at that was that the point where I kind of raised my hand to my counselor at the time at the company and said, you know, I, I want to go do something overseas. I want to totally pivot and do something different. And we work together to make that happen. So, you know, I would recommend people out there to just try not to fall in that rut. Cause I feel like I should have earlier on maybe picked my head up and said, you know, 
big picture, what what do I want to do? And so I think that it's always good for us to just constantly reassess um, and make sure that we have those mentors too that you can talk to and just you know, if you want to make that pivot, they can they can help you or they can even just point to different opportunities that you didn't even think existed. So that was helpful to me. And we were wondering, what is the career trajectory in public accounting and what does it really mean to be a partner? We're really curious about that. Yeah, yeah. So starting out, um, traditionally, the, the model is that you start out as a staff, um, typically about, you know, five or six years in. Uh, you reach a manager position, so you're considered an executive at the firm and you're managing teams, um, which I think is a really great thing to be able to do at a fairly young age um, and, and across multiple clients. So I think those experiences are, are, are great. Um, even even two years into the firm, you know, you're now considered a staff two, if you will. And so you have a staff one potentially that you're helping out. So we have this kind of apprenticeship model within our teams where we're always coaching and helping the levels below us. So you're able to do that at a very young age, um, which I think is you know, great from a professional experience standpoint. Um, and then, you know, as you get into the executive ranks, you you may realize that you you do want to stay for the long haul like I did. And, you know, what it means to be a partner is we're really owners in the business. Um, and so we have to focus on our people. Our people are our greatest asset. So a lot of time focused on our people and obviously our clients because they are our customers and, you know, we care a lot about our clients and just being resilient. So what I've learned this past year with COVID is that at the flip of a switch, we were all asked to work from home and it could, it was daunting for everyone, staff through partners. And so as a partner, you really have to just stay resilient and keep that resilient mindset to just, you know, we have to maintain that leadership role and, and really have that positive outlook and persevere. And I think that's, and I think our, a lot of our people do that, not just our partners. And so I feel like just having, you know, being a leader and, 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 staying positive and taking advantage of the situation that we were in and staying connected with our clients and looking for those opportunities. And, and, you know, we've had a great year and I think it's because of our, our partners and our people and just the values that we have at our company. For sure. And when I was having a lot of coffee chats with professionals in the accounting industry, I hear a lot of them saying that the reason they really love their job is because of the people around them, whether that's the people they're managing or their boss. So I definitely agree with you there. And, you know, in this day and age, their AI and machine learning is the hot topic here. And a lot of different tasks are being automated today. So do you see accounting being automated in the future? How so? And how has technology played a role in the accounting industry? Yeah, 100%. We are advancing on the digital front. So we just rolled out what we call our digital global audit methodology um, for all of our public company audits this year. I mean, we've been very focused on creating different tools to help us automate portions of our audit. And also, we're just super focused on data and making sure that we can take our clients' data and analyze it in a meaningful way. So we're, we're really transitioning towards these new tools and platforms, and we're able to identify outliers, and we're able to really 
dig into how a company is accounting for their revenues, for other various accounts, because we're able to see the whole data set and we're able to see the journal entries. And we're, we have this, this view and these great insights that we can give to our clients and it, it informs what we're doing also. So 100% we're innovating and I, I wouldn't be surprised if in five years where things look even different. So we're, we're moving at a very fast pace here and I think it's, it's really exciting. To follow up on that, what are some of the tools that you guys are currently using? Yeah, our platform is called EY Helix. Um, and so we've come up with tools that, again, just we take the client's data and we drop it into the tool and it'll tell you all sorts of information. It'll tell you the days that our clients booked the journal entries. It'll tell you who booked the journal entries. It will tell you, you know, it'll give you um, sales trends. So by month, we can disaggregate the information. So that I'd say is is a pretty powerful audit tool that we have going on. Uh, we use Power BI as well. We're always looking to expand our, our tools and we look to our people to give us ideas. Like we're very into encouraging our staff and our seniors to challenge the way we are auditing. And if there's things that they think are mundane and things that take time, we have groups that are focused on helping our teams innovate and, and make the audit a better experience. So we're really looking to our, our younger professionals to help us um, innovate. For sure. And then speaking of younger professionals, for the listeners who want to get into the accounting industry, should they prepare for their internship or their full-time job by learning how to use these tools? What would be your recommendation for that? Yeah, I would say um, definitely Excel is a powerful tool to um, make sure you you learn how to navigate through because we definitely use Excel a lot. Um, and I, I would just, if there's any kind of courses at, at college that deal with just analyzing data and presenting data, so figuring out ways to take data sets and put it in a meaningful presentation or put it, you know, be able to present about it. I think that's a skill that we are definitely, uh, that would set people apart uh, because we're, we're, that's where we're headed. So I think if people are able to look at data and interpret it and present it, that, that would be great. So you also mentioned that uh, you were in Europe for a number of years. What was that like? And how was the working ex culture different there? Yeah, it was great. Uh, so it was a non-client serving role. And I was part of our audit quality review process. So it's basically EY peer reviewing within EY to make sure we're keeping up with our quality standards. And so I, they, well, they sent me to about 25 different countries over the three years that I was in London. So I visited a lot of countries, Europe, Asia, you know, covered a few continents. So it was a great experience, eye-opening for me, just in terms of just experiencing different cultures and foods and seeing different sites. And every time I walked into a different EY office, it somehow it felt, you know, like, I don't want to say like home because that's cheesy, but it, it felt welcoming and it felt like you're part of this big company and that we're all working towards the same types of goals. Because um, all these different offices, people are all doing audits to help serve their clients. And so we're all doing a similar, you know, similar work. Um, and so it, it, 
you do have these connections when you walk in the door and people are super welcoming. And I had people be my tour guides in different cities and it, but it definitely gave me a global perspective. And it was, it was an experience that I, I wasn't expecting when I moved over there, but I was very pleasantly surprised. Are these international experiences or opportunities common in the accounting industry? Yeah, I mean, I would say the experience I had was a little more rare with the traveling to so many countries, but uh, we do have needs overseas. So we have large global companies here in the U.S. that might have a a very large subsidiary overseas, and we need to have teams over there helping us with the audit. Or you could have companies overseas who are listed in the U.S. and have to have an audit done under U.S. standards. So there's business case needs for our people to fly over to other countries and, and help those teams. So we have rotations of, I think they're around two years at, in total. And it's, you know, we have, I know someone in Stockholm right now, someone in Amsterdam, someone in London. So I would say if you are interested in a global opportunity, that's the, it's the perks of working at a global firm for sure. And you talked a little bit about uh, the importance of mentorship. How will you recommend our high school students or college students to find a mentor to write or to uh, try to find the right mentor for them? Yeah, I would recommend that anytime anyone's networking with someone, um, whether it's through the recruiting process or, you know, you have that opportunity to, to talk to someone and have a meaningful conversation, don't be afraid to say to that person, hey, you know, would you mind if we touch base in another month's time just to check in, we can talk a little bit more about career. People are always open to that. I mean, I personally am always open to it. And I know a lot of other people are. I think it's just maybe, and even when I was younger, I probably didn't do the best job is you kind of get a little intimidated and you think, oh, that person's way too busy. Like they're not going to want to spend time, but you'd be surprised. So I would encourage people that if they find someone that they've had a great conversation with and they click with, don't be afraid to ask for that next month check-in and then that could turn into, you know, two months or the next three months, you know, it, it kind of evolves in, in and of itself. So I definitely encourage that. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially like as a senior and from all my business classes that I've taken, one of the things that we always talk about is how your network is your net worth. So thank you for sharing that. And what advice would you give someone who's still trying to figure out his or her career path? I go back to the networking. I think it's all about having those conversations and trying to figure out what you want to do and trying to identify those people that are in positions that you're kind of thinking, oh, that might be me someday. It's 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 having that conversation and figuring out if that is ultimately what interests you. And the more you can talk to different people across different industries and different professions, the better idea you'll have of what you might ultimately ultimately want to do. And don't be too intimidated too. I know it's kind of daunting to think, oh my gosh, like this first step of my career is like the biggest thing ever, but you can always pivot. You can always do different things. So, you know, you can always try something out and then realize it's not for you and pivot. So I think just keeping that in mind too. Yeah, I definitely felt that fear of reaching out earlier when I was trying to expand my network. But I think it also comes with practice. The confidence also comes with practice. As you do more, you feel more at ease when you're talking with other people from industries that you may, maybe never heard of. 
And that's all the time we have today. It has been a very insightful conversation. Thank you so much, Allison, for coming on our podcast and sharing your insights. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unconventional Hustlers. Connect with us on Instagram at unconventional.hustlers, on LinkedIn at unconventionalhustlers, or Twitter at uh underscore podcast. See you soon.